0: Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Everybody in here, I know we know about the Mike Brown situation in Ferguson, Missouri. Where well, he was, he was murdered for, for lack of a better word, he was murdered in the middle of the street by a police officer. And I know since then there's been some things coming out about whether if he was really a good kid and he wasn't was he committing a robbery and all the all the other stuff. But at the bottom line, the end of the day, there's a dead child in the middle of the street that was unarmed and was surrendering to the police. That's an injustice. And as Martin Luther King said, uh, an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere, to everybody. And if you see something wrong, and you don't make comment about it, then you are just as wrong as the perpetrator of that crime. And being who we are as people of Christ, we shall not have closed mouths on the issues of the day. We are to address the issues of the day, and just as I address, at the time Trayvon Martin situation, I, I find myself here again today. Not even really a full year since now addressing a similar type situation. And the other night I was sitting with God, sitting by myself, and and I was saying to God, "I was like, God, what, what do we do? How how do we handle this yet again?" And 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 and, and, and I'm not trying to be one side of here, but how do we handle this as as black people once again we find ourselves in this situation again and now some white friends and they understand the same thing because again they know that injustice is injustice. Amen. Because it would be just as wrong if 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 a white child was killed in the street in the same manner. It would be just as wrong. An injustice is an injustice. And just like Jesus Christ, he spoke on the issues of the day. The church has to address issues of the day. We are ordained to set straight. That's what ordination is. To set order in the nation. And I know some say, "Well, I haven't been ordained. I don't have my license and I'm not ordained under the the Lord's church. The devil is a lie. The day that you said that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and he died on the cross and resurrected for your sins and that he is your Lord and you accept him into your life. You have been ordained as a minister of God. So that was your ordination, whether somebody told you that or not. So now you have been commissioned to help set order in the nation. Amen? Amen. Just to clear that up. Nobody got to give you a piece of paper to make you a minister of God. Amen? Nobody has to validate what God has already called you to do. Start doing it, and then maybe you'll get the validation. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's a word. Amen. But now, I talked to God and I said, God, what do we do? What what, what, what do we do? I mean, there's so many different things we can do. Do do, do you have local policing? Do you have cameras on the police? Do you have, you know, do you put more recreation for kids? I mean, there's so many avenues we can take to solve these issues, and, and it's seemingly that none of them will really solve the problem, and, When I don't have the answers to things, I I put it out on Facebook and it's like, when I don't have answers to things and it's it's fleeting away from me, the thing I have to do is what? We have to pray. And we have to pray to God and say, God, I don't really know. But see, that takes humility to, to say... I don't know. I don't have an answer. Because everybody like to think they got the answer. Everybody like to think they had a solution. If this, then this. If it hadn't been this. And if he hadn't done that. And if they had a. But those are just what is? the symptoms and the the, the 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 limbs of the truth situation. And God quickly brought to my mind. As people of God, we don't address the limbs. We address the root. Amen. Because you can chop limbs down all day long. But if you never get to that root, those limbs will reproduce and continue to grow, and the same fruit that you thought you got rid of will manifest itself again. Mm-hmm. Deal with the roots, the root. See, the limbs is the black and white thing. Black boy, white cop. That's the limbs. The limbs is socioeconomic. The the economic place we we poor and they rich. Those are the limbs. The limbs is we came out of slavery. They was our oppressor. Those are the limbs. And as long as we go after those limbs and we keep trying to shake the fruit off of the tree of those limbs, the enemy is happy. Because he says they'll never get to the issue at hand. See, when Jesus was coming back from Bethany and he saw a fig tree that wasn't producing the fruit the way it was supposed to, it was an imposter. It looked like it was a fig tree, but it wasn't producing nothing. See, so if you're not producing something, but you're saying you something, then you might be an imposter. If you're saying you're a Christian, but you're not producing Christian-like way, you might be an imposter. That's a word. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Amen. What I'm talking about today is as he was coming back, he spoke to that tree. And he said that you shall not produce fruit anymore. And he cursed it in the scripture say, down to the roots. Because see, once you get things taken away out of the root, once you deal with the root, then guess what? The root destroys the whole tree. And God says, we got to deal with the root of all of this stuff that's going on. Because I heard this statistic. One every 28. What is that? One every 28. It said that one black youth is killed every 28 hours. So as each day passed by, you can say one. Another day passed by two. Another day three. All the way. It was, it was 400 in a year alone. That's an issue. That's a problem. And it is a problem as black people that is only seemingly one-sided. That is an issue. That is a problem. But it's just the limbs. It is an issue that we have cities like Detroit and cities like Chicago where there's black-on-black war going on. It's not called crime. I can't call it crime because there's white-on-white crime. They don't tell you about it. But it's a war going on. That's an issue. When we have people who they go to work for 40 hours a week but don't have enough money to pay rent. They gotta be homeless. Working a job but still homeless. That's an issue. That's an issue. But it's not the root. So God said the root, the thing that is hanging over this country, the thing that is especially hanging over us, people of color, but not only us, because, again, if we're affected by it, everybody's affected by it, whether they want to believe it or not. We're all in this thing together. Amen? We're in this boat together. If it's sinking, guess what? we all drowning if you can't swim. But the root of this thing is, as in all things, spiritual. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There's a spirit that is sitting over as it said back in Genesis in the beginning, it said that the Spirit, which was the Holy Spirit, hovered over the waters. Hovered over the waters. In the, in, the, in the Hebrew, that word was translated to hovering. Was almost It was like a hen sitting on his eggs. And when a hen sits on the eggs, that means that it's trying to produce something. Amen. But God says there's a a spirit that is not of the Holy Spirit that is sitting upon this nation that is sitting just like that chicken on his eggs and is trying to produce some things in each and every one of our lives. Black, white, Indian, Mexican, Italian, Greek, Jew, whatever. It's a spirit that is sitting trying to manifest something into this world. Turn to Exodus chapter 1. Let's deal with this thing. Amen. Amen. It's going to be tight, but it's going to be right. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 1. Now, that was just an intro. That was a 10-minute intro. Good gracious. But here we go. We're going to run now. So put your seatbelt on because I'm going to run through this thing. You might not catch it all. If you don't, we can talk later. Or you can listen to it on replay. Amen. But here we go. Exodus chapter 1. I'm starting at verse 6. And it says, Joseph died. That's a transition when somebody dies. Amen? Amen. Something happens when something dies. And all his brothers and all that generation. So not only Joseph, but all his brothers and all that generation had died. Verse 7 says, but the sons of Israel. So even though the death had occurred, it says, but... The sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied. So not only were they fruitful, but they increased, meaning they produced fruit in, in more places. And now they even multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Then in verse 8, 8 is a number of new beginnings. Something new is to happen right here. Now, a new king. Somebody say a new king. Uh, Another transition. The old stuff had died. Now, something new is is getting ready to, to take authority. Something new is getting ready to sit down. Now, new king arose over Egypt. See, I like that word, arose, because that means that that it it came up out of somewhere. It it, it had an origination. It didn't just appear. It came up through the ranks. That means that it was always there. You just didn't pay attention to it until it arose. Mm -hmm. That's a word from somebody. See, it ain't whatever's going on in your life right now that might not be what you want it to be. It didn't just appear. It, it, it arose, but you just now identifying it because you can see it now. Now, a new king arose. A king has authority. But this new king says, it says, who did not know Joseph. He didn't know Joseph. That's key. Verse 9, 9 is the number of manifestations. Here's what's getting ready to manifest once that new king who is not of God, sits in authority. Verse 9, he says, he said to his people, Behold, that means look. I want y'all to look at this now. Look at this. The people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Don't that sound like a conversation that some powers that be could possibly be having about us? behold come and look now look look at these people the sons of Israel look at these people the sons of God look at these people who call themselves Christian they are more and they're mightier than we then number 10 10 is a number of judgment it says the order it says now this is here's what we're gonna do come let us deal wisely with them see there's a plan people there's no Accidents in this world. There's no, we might walk around every day aimlessly without no purpose, without no goals, without no thing, but trust me, there's an enemy, and I'm not saying that the enemy is white because it's not about black and white. We're talking about the spirit. There's a spirit that sits over this nation that has a plan. It's been planning since the beginning of time. You might show up accidentally today, but the spirit was there waiting on you. And he says, let's deal wisely with them. Meaning we can't be haphazard, meaning we can't just be any old kind of way. We gotta have order. We gotta have structure. We gotta have, we gotta have strategy. Mm-hmm. See, that's what we're dealing with. A calculated thing. And this is why he says this. He says, or else. They will multiply. See, if we don't do something about them, they're going to they continue to multiply. You see, they've already been fruitful. You see, they've increased greatly. And you see, they've already multiplied. You see, they've already become exceedingly mighty. See, that's the thing the enemy knows more about your identity than you do. Amen. Why do you think the enemy wants to take you out? Because he knows that you are fruitful. He knows that you can increase. He knows that you can multiply. He knows that you are exceedingly mighty. Yes, yes. He knows this. From young to old, he knows this. And he says we got to deal with them wisely or else they will multiply. And in the event of war, Huh? catch that. What did I just say about going on in Chicago? See, in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us. See, the enemy wants to what? Divide and conquer. The enemy wants to divide and conquer. But see, so for so long, the church, we've been so concerned with addition. I got another soul saved. I got another soul saved. That's addition. That's just adding to the kingdom. Don't get me wrong. That's good. We're supposed to add to the kingdom. A new one is saved every day. It says the angels rejoice. But how can we fight an enemy that's dividing and conquering with addition? Mm -hmm. One is going to happen a lot faster than the other. It's quicker to say 2 times 2 or 2 times 50 than it is to say 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2. 2 times 50 is 100. Boom, you're there. But we fighting the enemy with addition while the enemy is dividing and conquering. And he says, I don't want them to join themselves to those who hate us. I don't want him I don't want them to join. So so I'm gonna keep the vision. Again, remember I said it's about the spirit. It ain't even black and white. That's that's what they want. It ain't even about it ain't even about homosexual and being straight. It ain't even about, you know, this with Islam and Christianity. That's just what the enemy puts out there as the lives so that we can continue to fight. Because if we all join together in truth. And what the real truth is, he knows that he shall be defeated. This king shall be defeated. Mm-hmm. And he says, they'll fight against us and depart from the land. That's very key right there. Mm-hmm. He's your enemy, but he don't want you to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. What they do that at? He said, let's do all this stuff. Let's. Let's, 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 let's um deal with them wisely so they won't join together and fight against us and then they'll depart the land. It, the king is your enemy. This king of this king of this Egypt is and Egypt is symbolic of, of sin nature, It's symbolic of the world nature, it's symbolic of all things that are not of God. So we got this king over Egypt, this enemy, Pharaoh, who is saying, I want to. Keep them from joining together. I want them to stay disunited, Not unified, but I want them to stay here too. I want them to stay here with with us. Why would your enemy want you to stay in his land? Wouldn't it be if you had an enemy, the first thing you'd be trying to do is push them out? Amen. So we got to ask ourselves a question today. Why does the enemy want us here? Why does the enemy want us here? And then in verse 11 it says, So they appointed taskmasters over them. This is the enemy. Appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor. How many is it hard for? How many has it been hard for? Has it been hard for you? Have you been and you feel like you got a taskmaster always making you do stuff and making you feel like you got to carry this weight and this burden and all this kind of stuff, he said it is to afflict you. Mm -hmm. And see, I like that right there because, see, affliction don't mean killing you. See, so now because affliction just means to trouble you to cause your peace and joy to go away. See, the enemy don't want to destroy you. They don't really want to kill you. They might kill a few to make an example and show an example, but that's truly only to afflict your mind. Cause they say, I, if, if I kill a couple of them, then guess what, now they're all line up. Cause now their mind is afflicted with the trouble. They don't want to end up that way. Yes, come on up. But I really don't want to kill them because I can use them. Uh-oh. See, I, I can use them. What? Why? Right here it says, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities, them and Ramsey. See, the enemy want to use you. He don't want to kill you. That's what that, that that's what people will tell you. The enemy one is, you know, he came to seek, kill, and destroy. Yes, that's what he came for. He only gonna kill the ones who truly rebel, and he can't use them because they like I ain't gonna be used by you at all. You even gonna have to take me out right now, or I'm gonna be, keep me living long enough. I'm gonna take you out. See, he ain't trying to he trying he ain't trying to deal with them. He go ahead and get them out the way. But the rest of them, the rest of us that's left, he wants to try to afflict. <laughs> So that he can use us. So that we can bow down in servitude. Mm-hmm. What is all this having to do with Mike Brown, Pastor? What is all this having to do with black little boys getting killed in the street, Pastor? What What is all this got to do with it? Again, it's about the spirit of a thing. It's about the spirit of a thing. Because it says in verse 12, but the more they afflicted them. See the more that, the more that, the more little black boys are being killed the more that the more that women have been taken and raped the more that, the more that we've been held in economic bondage that the disparity of wealth is so great it's greater now than it ever has been. Do you know that the one percent of this world controls over eighty percent of the wealth of this world? That's not black or white' Because there's some poor white folks in that ninety nine percent amen. But the spirit don't want you to realize that they want you to fight and come at war with each other. Cause if you ever join together, then come on. Come on. cause even uh one of the older presidents, I don't forgot his name, he said he said that I, I I would hope that the people of America would never learn about the banking system, because if they ever did, then it would cause revolution. So we'll keep them fighting with each other. This white man taking your job, this black man taking your job, this white man is, is, is this, this black man is a thug, a gangster, and he want to kill your white women. So keep them at war with each other. As long as we keep them at war with each other, we can sit on top and we can rule and they can build storage cities for Pithom and Ramses. Oh, my Lord. Hmm. And it says, why? Because the more they afflicted them, the more they multiply. See. Baby kids, they don't die, they what? Multiply. I know some of y'all too young to know who baby kids is. But it says the more they multiply and the more they spread out. See that's the thing we gotta realize as people of God is that affliction sometimes only shows up, and we talk about it with the university of adversity. Affliction shows up sometimes just to show you who you are, to show us how mighty we are, to show us how fruitful we are. It shows, it's like, look, oh, that you thought that hurt? No, I'm bouncing right back. and I don't, That's why he said we're more than conquerors. I went in, you fought me and took me out, but I came out victorious. Matter of fact, I came out better than I went in. So that's why the enemy says, I got to keep on going after them. And he says, so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. Then in verse 13, it says, the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and bricks. And there had all kinds of labor in the field, all their labors, which they rigorously imposed on them. And then we know that the story goes on to say what? That the Pharaoh, because he couldn't control everything the way he wanted to, he did what? He sent out a decree. And what was that decree? Everybody knows that at Sunday school. That's, that's the old Moses e- e- Egypt movies. He sends out a decree that all what firstborn males be killed. All firstborn males be killed. As they were born as they were born, what does that have to do with Mike Brown, what does that have to do with Trayvon Martin, what does that have to do, do with countless other names of black boys being destroyed. Because the same spirit that sent out that decree then is the same spirit that is sitting now because it has never been dealt with by the church of God, the people of God, to come into Pharaoh's court and say, Pharaoh, you must let my people go. We have charlatans and tricksters and people calling themselves people of God going before the court of Pharaoh saying they're going to free and let your people go but they come out with a deal being made saying that you're going to be just another taskmaster to keep them divided and conquered. Mm-hmm. The devil lives a lie because what's some of the characteristics of the spirit of Pharaoh? Pharaoh means destroyer. He's a destroyer. He wants to destroy things. He wants to destroy things about you. Most importantly, he wants to destroy your identity. Because if you ever know truly who you are in God, then a lot of these things and issues that we deal with would cease to exist. But the enemy wants us to be slave. He wants us to be slaves. To not only him, but slaves to people. Because the Pharaoh categories, he's a stubborn spirit. He wants to see people in bondage. He's a strong man, demon, controlling a person, a family, a place, a thing. He wants everything in bondage. There's a spirit of Pharaoh that sits, oh, it's not just black and white. Think about it. Every time you sign up for a house to buy a house, what do you sign? A mortgage. What is mortgage? M-O-R-T is the root word for, mor- like for death, which is like mortuary. <laughs> so when you sign up for your house, you're signing a death gage. You're engaging death with the mortgage. You sign up in bondage. That's the spirit of Pharaoh sitting upon this nation. Spirit of Pharaoh sitting upon his nation. It's not black and white. You work every day and you pay taxes. Uncle Sam gets money before you get your money. Then when you retire and you start withdrawing your money, he taxes that money. He taxes you coming in, he taxes you going out. Then when you die, if you don't have stuff properly set up in your estate, then he what? Taxes you again taskmaster, the spirit of Pharaoh, he wants to chase you down from the birth to your death, he will continue to chase, just like he chased the people of Israel, even once they left out of Egypt, see once you leave out of the enemy's camp, he will still continue to chase you down he never wants to allow a slave to be free he wants, to, he wants to curtail our spiritual, our physical, our financial, our marital, in our relationships. He wants to put all those things in bondage. Why? So that we can never live up to the full potential that God has called us to be. Cause see, if you're, if you're in bondage, if you're trapped, if you don't know who your true identity is, then you subject to be labeled and call yourself anything. People are shift up. All you do is go on Facebook and you can look at the ministers on Facebook. They'll change up their label every other day. One day you evangelist, next day you apostle, next day you a minister, next day you something else I ain't never even heard of. Because you have no identity truly in who you are in God. So you accept any kind of label. Like the old folks used to say, you know, you, you don't have to answer to everything that somebody called you. That's right. Amen. See, when you answer to things, then you're accepting that label because you don't truly know your identity. See, he denies the benefits and subjects us to rigorous bondage. He don't want us to know that we're not slaves any longer. He don't want us to know that that we're not supposed to put up with certain things. He don't want us to know that that we are more than conquerors, that we're mighty, that we're exceedingly, and above all things through Christ, we can do all things. He don't want us to know that, because to know that means that, that we know our true identity. And to know our true identity means that we're not gonna sit and just take anything. Yes. But see, when you question your identity and you question your position in God and and you question your 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 connection to God, then the enemy has you right where he wants you, because he knows that you, you easily can be wavered. You, you 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 shake it. You're not on rock. You on sand. And it says that if you build your house on sand, and the enemy comes in, he washes what all things away. He washes it away because the enemy is is a destroyer. Because Pharaoh is nothing but Satan. He's a type of Satan in the Bible. But the number one characteristic of Satan is, I mean of the Pharaoh is, he destroys kids with divine leadership potential. What am I saying? He's a destiny terminator. He wants to cut you off. And I'm especially speaking to the young people that that he wants to cut you off from your destiny. Why do you think that in schools even now, all the way down to elementary school, that that there's issues of homosexuality, that you can buy you can buy marijuana and drugs before you can buy a pencil in school you, and I'm talking about second and third grade why do you think that there's bullying and beating down and, and ostracizing kids why do you think all that is there because the enemy is a destiny destroyer if I can trap you in, the, in your seedhood then you'll never produce fruit If I can destroy you right now, if I can can send that teacher to you who dogs you out, who breaks your spirit, who curses everything that you try to do, who says you'll never amount to nothing, if I can send that kind of teacher to you in the school system, then guess what? I can break your destiny. If I can send that uncle who want to touch you the wrong kind of way when you were a young child, if I can send that send that mom or that dad who cuss you out and say you ain't never gonna be nothing, you are gonna be just like your daddy. If they if I can send them into your life, I can destroy your destiny. The enemy is a destiny terminator. See, he doesn't want you to remember times of old. All he wants to tell you is that Joseph is dead, but he don't want to tell you about what Joseph did. See, a person who does not know their history is doomed to continually repeat the thing. But the messed up part about that is, you're not even repeating—you're not even repeating your story. You're repeating his story. That's why it's called history. See, that's why our history, our story becomes a mystery. My story is a mystery because I'm learning his story. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. My story becomes a mystery. Who I am in God. Who I am in Christ. Who I am in power. Who I am in the true identity. Made in the likeness and the image of God. Who I am becomes a mystery. Because I'm listening to history. because he's a destiny terminator. He says that he's dead now. All those things are dead. Yeah, you used to be a king and a queen. What am I talking about, Mike Brown? Your your people used to be kings and queens. Your people helped invent most of the things. We built our nation on the backs of your people, but now you ain't nothing but a thug. You ain't nothing but a, a slave. See, people don't even realize slavery still exists in this country read the amendment 13, the 13th amendment. It says that slavery is illegal in the United States of America with the exception of as punishment for crime. There's an exception clause. You're free to go around all you want to do, but until you commit a crime, now you become a slave once again. Why do you think the incarceration rate is so high? Because now I can reproduce your history, make you a slave again. I can create the slave mentality to make you create the crime, which makes you become a slave. The images I put out there, the things I show you, the things I, I I I gratify your flesh with and you run to, all those things are to create a slave mentality in your mind. So once you already adopt that mentality, now it's easy to transfer you into the exception clause. Mm-hmm. Now you're a slave. You have lost your rights. Now some people say, Well, I won't commit crime. I won't be in the wrong place in the wrong. I can change the crime rate today. All you do is relabel what a crime is. It's no longer illegal to smoke weed. It's no longer illegal to kill folks. It's no longer illegal. Or I can switch it the other way around. It's it's a crime now for you to look at me longer than two seconds in my eyes. And I'm going to pass that as a law. Now you just became a lawbreaker if you look at somebody past two seconds in their eyes. Now, as punishment for a crime, what? You become a slave. Because the enemy wants us to be threatened. He wants us to be afflicted. He wants us to, 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 to not seek our promises. And, and how do we see the spirit of Pharaoh in our life? We see him, we see him in, in, in our relationships we see him in our marriages. See, remember, the spirit of Pharaoh is a destroyer. It's a stubborn spirit. It's it's there for a purpose. It's there to keep you from the promises and the will of God. Your finances can have the spirit of Pharaoh over it. That's why I say I want to deal with the root today because this root, this spirit of Pharaoh covers so much. It covers so much. I really don't even have time to go fully into it all. But the, the, the thing is, I want you to know that it is a strong spirit. It is a spirit that is there to destroy the seed because if you destroy the seed the fruit is already destroyed see that's the thing why, why are we continually continually letting the enemy know more about us than we know of ourselves why people of God why he knows that if he destroys the seed he ain't got to worry about nothing else But yeah, we'll have a handful of seed and won't never plant. We'll have a handful of seed and won't never do anything because we don't believe that it produces fruit. Why? Because we've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and what? Led astray, as Brother Malcolm said. Amen? Satan is the issue. And this is what I really believe that's why we keep going through all this the spirit of pharaoh i said can show up in your relationship he, he wants to destroy relationships he don't want covenant marriages he don't want that stuff because he knows that covenant marriages produces things it produces other marriages because people see you and they say oh I, you could do that i mean, i can do that then when you tell your story i wanted to leave him but god kept us together oh for real i'm going through the same thing see that produces covenant man see we're, that's how we multiply See, I've talked about the addition, how you multiply is reproducing yourself. But what you're supposed to be reproducing of yourself is what God's put in you. So now we just multiplying. So now instead of adding, you walking with that person. you helping that person. you taking that young person under your wing. And you're saying, this is not who you truly are. They call you a thug, but I want you to really know what a thug is. T-H-U-G. It's a human utilizing God. That's what a true thug is. So if you want a thug out, be the human that's utilizing God. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do to multiply. But what happens is that spirit of Pharaoh sits up in a place that it shouldn't be. And that's in the church itself. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Pharaoh is running rampant in the church. See, the spirit of Pharaoh came in as a covering doctrine. You need to have a covering You need to be covered before you can do this. You need to be covered before you can do that. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with a covering. There's nothing wrong with spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. There's nothing wrong with somebody covering you in prayer. But when covering becomes bondage, when covering becomes handcuffs, when covering becomes I won't let you go until I say you can go, then guess what? Now you have adopted the spirit of Pharaoh. Now you're saying that you need to be submissive and loyal, that you have no authority over your own in Jesus' name. All your authority and all your use of authority comes through me. I'm up here, you're down here. I'm the leadership, you're the laity. The division, divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. So, how can we battle the enemy when we allow the enemy to commune and convene right in the household? We're sleeping with the enemy, and then our belief system. We start believing that we believe in things that bind us more than we believe in the things that can release us. We believe that the enemy has power. See, there's a lot of us that believe that things will never change. This is how it always been. This is how it's going to always be. They've been killing black folk. They're going to keep killing black folks. That's just how it always has been. See, a lot of us don't believe in the fact that, that just like the scripture, there's a point in time where the people do get set free. Yes. The people do get set free. Yep. See, God knows. The end at the beginning. He just sometimes sits back and laughs at him because he's saying, Y'all don't even understand the reason and everything that's going on. See, y'all believing in the system of failure, but I'm trying to get you to believe in the system of prosperity, the system of abundance, the system of manifestation. But you want to be bound by the world system, and I'm trying to get you to believe in the kingdom system. Like we said last week, we want to be bound by the law, but we won't receive the grace. The grace that releases us. But anything that stops us from being free in the purposes of God is what? That's the spirit of Pharaoh. Anything that stops us from doing that. But then it comes down, what, to a question of authority. This this is the real thing. I'm I'm trying to finish up. But this is the real thing. It's a question of authority. It's a question of authority. See, Pharaoh had no reason to grant Moses' request for freedom. Just like the people who, who we consider Keeping us down, the police and all this stuff. They, they don't have to really accept no request of our freedom. We can march all day long. Do you think they really care when it's all said and done? We can we can, we can do all this stuff, protest, we can burn down stuff. Most of the time we only burn it down in our own neighborhood because back in the Watts riots, they learned that we just set up neighborhoods and by blocks. And then guess what, now we can just close them in. They, they can't even move outside of the block. So ain't no use really doing it. And, and, and then they went from communities to neighborhoods. Like Dick Gregory would say, a community is where everybody has common unity. A neighborhood is where your neighbor puts a hood over your eyes so he can hide some things from you. It's a difference. But Pharaoh has no reason to grant the request for freedom. He See, and here's why. Because up until then, before Moses had showed up, Pharaoh didn't know who God was. See, we're dealing with people who don't truly know God. He has no evidence of of a living God amongst the the Israelites, meaning he has no proof. The, 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 The earth, the world today truly does not have full proof of who God is even through us as Christians. Why? Because we are religious but powerless. We believe in a living God, but we live like slaves. We slaves to addictions. We slaves to relationships. We slaves to jobs. We slaves to, to 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 people. We we more concerned about pleasing people than we are about pleasing God. So so the pharaoh, the power to be the enemy that be. He says they they religious. They go to church every Sunday. They do all that stuff, but they powerless. They 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 call themselves Christian, but they deny the power thereof. of. They believe in that living God, but they live like slaves. They live like slaves. See, we got to realize who has the true authority. See, life's conditions will only improve or decline, but depending on who's in authority. And that's the question at the end of the day out of all of this. There is a root. There is a spirit called Pharaoh. But the question is, who has authority? Who has the authority in your life? At the end of the day, who has the authority? Is it what they say or is it what God says? Who has the authority in your life? See, we can have opposition. We can have police coming against us. We can have the economic system coming against us. We can have other people coming against us, but we don't have to give it authority. You don't have to give it authority. You can be locked up but still be free. You can be labeled a slave but still know that you're a free man. We don't have to give over the authority. What is authority? Authority is the right and the power and the dominion and the access to do the thing of which you've been sent and set to do. That's the authority. You can put on a football field, you got 300-pound linebackers running all over the place. But you got this one little 150-pound when he's soaking wet man with a flag in his back pocket that can throw them out the game. Now, he can't physically do that because he's weaker than they are. But because of his up... And who he is, the referee, he can toss them out the game because of his authority. See, the enemy don't want you to know the authority you have because you can toss him out the game. He may appear stronger, he may appear faster, he may appear smarter, he may appear more strategic, but we have the authority. We have the authority. See, when the enemy reaches his limitation in power, guess what? God continues to flow. God don't run out. We serve an eternal God. God continues on. When the enemy enemy has ended, God says, I'm just getting started. That's all you got? But see, we gotta know that we have the authority in God. We gotta know who we are in Christ. So when these things start happening to us, what am I talking about? Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin. When all these things start happening to us, we can take authority First of all in Christ We can come against those spirits That attack We can come against it I, can't nobody convince me otherwise that my house has not been attacked because I pray over my I prayed over my house when they was, when it was just concrete when they were building the poor and pouring the foundation. So from the very beginning to the end and continually on, I'm still praying over the house that the enemy shall not come, the enemy shall not pass through gate. Okay. They you might want to break in all the other houses, but the blood is on this house, so you need to keep passing on over. But that's what we got to do over our life. We got to start praying that blood of Christ over our children, over our finances, over our relationships, over our homes, over our jobs. Because see, where the blood is, the enemy don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah. He don't want nothing to do with that. Because he knows that his power ends where the blood begins. Yeah. Why do you think they pass through the Red Sea? See, when the people finally got free, God sent them through the Red Sea. And then it says that the Red Sea, what? Parted. It divided so they could walk through clearly. But then what happened as Pharaoh, who's chasing you down, who's coming with his army, with his legions, with his forces, what happens when they come into that Red Sea? They got what? They got covered up. But this is what God is saying. You gotta pass through the blood. Because as you pass through the blood, your enemy shall not be able to follow you. Your enemy shall not be able to bring harm to you. Matter of fact, the enemy that you see this day, just like I told Moses, you will never see again. When you pass through the blood of Christ, when you say that God is God, and for him I live, and for him I die, when you stand in that authority, the enemy has to take notice. Because what you're saying at that point is, I will not bow down to the nobody, no man, no person, no thing, but God the most high. Amen. Yes. See, when the enemy's power runs out, God's power begins to flow. See, we gotta understand that that the enemy is not to be negotiated with. We got to stop negotiating with the enemy. We got to stop negotiating with Pharaoh. Well, if I do this, then maybe he'll stop that. Or if I get, there is no negotiations. We at war, people. We don't take prisoners. Amen. Come on. Amen. You say it says in the Word that the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent would take it by force. That don't sound like negotiating to me. That don't sound like you sitting there trying to make a deal with the enemy to lay up off of you a little while. That sound like, you know what? If you bring the fight to me, then I'm going to bring one to you. That's what that sounds like. We ain't to negotiate. But see, man, if you're going to bring the fight, then don't go out on your own. I'm, I'm finishing right here. See, the only language that the enemy truly understands is the language of science, Wonders, fire, and power. See when Pharaoh was doing all that stuff, God had to inflict some stuff on, the, on to the Egypt. He had to, he had to put some burned some curses and some plays on he, he didn't understand God until God started showing himself see that's what we gotta do we gotta start as people of God calling down the fire of God upon our situation we gotta show the enemy who our true God really is we can't serve him in mouthpiece alone but we gotta serve him in spirit and in truth that means that we gotta serve him with our mouth but we gotta serve him mostly with our life we gotta be effectual hearers of the word but we also gotta be what Doers of the word. See, when you start doing the word, the enemy starts realizing that you know your true identity. See, you can talk the word all day long. He know the word. You ain't impressing him with scripture. He know the word. But when you start having the power of that word, and power is demonstration. Demonstration. Set the demon straight. That's what demonstrate is. you setting the demon straight. When you're walking in that word, when you're walking in the authority of who you are, I don't care what you say, I'm going to go on anyway. Then you setting the demon straight because you're demonstrating the power of God. Yes, yes, yes. The glory of God is the greatest instrument for defeating him. I want y'all to turn real quickly to, I'm, I'm going to show you something right here. And then this is going to be it. Turn real quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I know I ain't did much scripture today. Like where the scripture is. It's all been scripture. You just got to be listening. No, no, know, know when the spirit of God is speaking. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse number 3. He says. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, see, we human. We human people. Christ was a human as well. He was living, he was a spirit, living a human existence just like we do. He says, even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. See, see, again, what's the root? See, the the, the human issues is people dying in the street and economic issues and and people getting killed and all that, but but, but we don't war like that. See, we can war like that all all day long. We see the end result. It keeps happening again, 1 in 28. Mm -hmm. So then there must be something that we're not doing because we tried everything else, but yet it continues to happen. He says we do not war according to the flesh. Why? Why? In verse 4, 4 is the number of direction. That means it go out from the north, south, east, and west. He puts it right here. In all directions, for the weapons of all warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely Powerful. That means it ain't yours, it ain't mine, it don't belong to nobody. It's God's, it's divinely powerful. You can't explain the power, you can't understand the power, you can't rationalize the power, you might not even know how to use the power. You just know you got access to the power. Divinely power, what? For the destruction of fortresses. Destruction. See, when you fight a destroyer, you got to become a what? Destroyer. You got to fight fire with fire. Amen? amen? Amen. So he says, powerful for the destruction. Why? Verse 5. Here's the grace. We are destroying speculations. What you speculating on? What you thinking about? What you contemplating? We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up. What did we say in the very beginning? That Pharaoh arose. A new king arose. So what is he saying right here? We're destroying every lofty thing that raised up against the knowledge of God. See, again, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He don't want you to know who you truly are. He want to keep your identity stripped because he says, against the knowledge of God, he says, and we are taking. Taking. See, that means you ain't asking. You're not going to the enemy, please. Please stop doing this to me. Please stop doing this to my children. Please stop doing this to my finances. Please stop doing all this stuff. We are taking every thought captive. See, now we got to enslave some things. You see what I'm saying? We got to put some things into captivity. Our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Who is Christ? The word of God, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and then the 14, the word became flesh, so the obedience of the word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hold every thought captive to the word of God. You're going to be a slave to something, so you might as well be a slave to the most high, because to be a slave to the most high, he says what? The ones I set free are what? Free indeed. He says, you come to me as slave, but I will set you free. Yeah. And then in number 6, he says, And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Same book, chapter 6. And I'm finishing right here. I went went over, but I just wanted y'all to get this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. Because some people say, well, what's our weapons? What's our weapons? I don't, I don't know what our, what our weapons are. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Well, actually, I got to start a one. I'm going to read through it quickly, though. It says, in working together with him, we also urge you to not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, you being set free right now, you receive his word. It says, Giving no cause for offense in anything, so that the ministry will not be discredited, but in everything, commending ourselves as what? Servants of God, not of Pharaoh, in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distressings in the beatings, in imprisonments in tumults, in labors see all that stuff is what Pharaoh is doing he says in sleeplessness in hunger, in purity in knowledge, in patience, in kindness in the Holy Spirit in genuine love and here's why I want in verse 7 here are the weapons in the word of truth mm-hmm. in the power of God by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. God said, I ain't gonna leave you unarmed. See, you might walk around in the streets unarmed and enemies looking to try to take you down. He said, but I'm arming you with your right hand and your left hand. You got 66 clips that you can put in your hand and you can speak to that enemy. I I guarantee you, I I saw this video, this woman was about to get robbed and she told, she started binding that robber up in the name of Jesus. She rebuked the man holding a gun to her face in her store. She rebuked him in the name of Jesus and that man left. Now, he might have thought she was crazy and about to lose her mind, but she was standing on her authority. This is my store, this is God's store, and who is not of God must flee this place. Now, people might think you crazy. They might think you done lost your mind. You get pulled over by a police and you start declaring the word of God for him. He might think you crazy, but guess what? I bet you live. I bet you shall not die. Because who God has a hand on, the enemy cannot touch. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Because he says in verse 8 by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true. As unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live. As punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. What is all those contradictions? It say it might look this way, but this is how it really is. (laughs) It might look like you ain't got no power and authority, but this is how it really is. It might look like you ain't got it all together, but this is how it really is. See, as Moses continued to declare the purposes of God and not be intimidated, he saw breakthrough. That's how you're going to see breakthrough. You might look afflicted, but guess what? you really set free. You might look like you ain't got nothing, but you possessing all things. You might look like you don't have rights, but you got all the authority. God says this day is the day of salvation. God says that this day is the day that you have been set free. He says this is the appointed time. It is time for us as people of God to take our rightful place that we shall speak. To the spirit of Pharaoh, we shall enter into his courts. And we shall say this day that you shall let our people go. This day. This day. You shall not have your way with our kids any longer. This day. This day. See, that's what we got to do as people of God. Now, I'm not saying that we stay so spiritual and heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. But the strategy's got to start from here then he'll give us us what we need to do here. He'll give us what we need to do next. I'm tired of reacting to every situation and everything that goes on. It's time for us to, to come into a response of, God, what do we do? How do we handle this? How do we deal with this? That's what we have to do. That's what we have to do as people of God. Amen? That's what we have to do as people of God. It's time out for us to stop letting things just go by. Ask God, how do you deal with the issues of the day? He wants us to be marketplace ministers. He wants us to deal with the issues of today. day. He don't want us just to walk around in our social clubs called churches and while people falling down and falling by the wayside. He don't want us to to come into our exclusive only, members only locations that we call churches in, and we don't allow the people of God in. Because guess what? They all people of God. If we've all been called people of God. It's just that some of us ain't gonna accept the invitation. Yeah. But for the ones that do, we gotta reach back and get them. And as it's saying say, reach one, teach one. Amen. Yeah. We gotta understand who we are in God. We gotta understand who we truly are. Amen.